Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. I'm looking forward to this hour. Ken Samples is going to be my guest for the full hour. He's a philosopher and theologian from Reasons.org. You know Ken because he's a regular on my show. And we're so glad he's going to be joining us. We're talk- going to be talking about a very difficult subject today. And I have a feeling many, many are going to understand how difficult this is. And you may know someone uh, that has gone through the horrible sadness of a suicide. And there's been so many young people in particular. I think in 2019, uh, the among U.S. college students, the rates have more than doubled in less than a decade. So there seems to be a great uh, amount of unhappiness. And we're going to talk about just the spiritual implications of taking one's life. And if you have a question or comment, uh, you can send it right now, 877 933 84 again 8779332484 but is suicide an unpardonable sin for Christians we're going to debate that today talk about it let me know what your thoughts are and we'll bring uh, Ken Samples on our guest after 60 seconds Lent is a season when we're invited to give up but it could also be a time to give through Hi I'm Neil Stavem with an invitation to become part of the Giving Family for Faith Radio It's not so much giving to Faith Radio as it is giving through the ministry. Those gifts enable Faith Radio to deliver the preaching, teaching, and compelling conversations that God uses to touch and change lives as His Word goes out. When you give, you're a conduit of encouragement through your support of Faith Radio. You can give today at MyFaithRadio.com. What is beautiful about the Lord God is the gracious way He will deal with you. Rather than shaming you with hands on hips... You will see the arms of the Father wide open, waiting for His Son to come over the horizon. Wherever you are, whatever you did, it's a page in your book, but it isn't the end. Your Father will meet you with arms open wide. It's a place in your radio dial for hope. Faith Radio. Welcome back to the show. Ken Samples is my guest. He's at uh, Reasons.org. He's a theologian and philosopher and a good friend of this show. Ken, welcome back. It's good to be with you, Bill. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, of course. I know we're going to step into some deep waters today. Yeah, this is is a very tough topic, but it is a, a very meaningful one, and I'm I'm glad you're willing to uh, to address it. Well, there's also such a, an incredibly high incidence, and there are more people looking at this as their exit strategy than ever before. That's very true. Um, it is a it is a challenge among young people. It is a challenge with uh, servicemen coming back from combat. 
And there is even a movement among elderly people, uh, the movement called rational suicide, uh, where people think, hey, before I get sick, before I have to face the difficulties, maybe I'll uh, check out. So it is a, it is a, to- a very difficult, but a, a topic that I think people need to talk about. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't, I'm not even sure where I want to begin with this today, uh, Ken, but I, mem- I remember growing up thinking that was the big sin, that if you did that, boy, you were in big, big trouble. Yeah, well, uh, there's there's no doubt about it, Bill, that, um, uh, you know, suicide is a sin of great magnitude. And the reason for that is that it is self-murder. And what makes murder uh, such a great offense is that people are made in the image of God. And therefore, uh, murder is taking the life of another person and and even affront to God because that person bears God's image. Um, It's also a a very difficult sin because it's not one you can then confess and repent of. And so it raises very critical questions, uh, you know, psychologically, um, but, but also biblically and theologically. So I think the Bible mentions uh, about six people who've, who committed suicide. I don't, I don't think any of them were righteous, to say the least. Um, but the Bible doesn't say anywhere that is, it is a sin to commit suicide, does it? Well, I, I think that, uh, I think probably the best way of thinking about it is that it is a inference from what we know about uh, the value and dignity. Again, the image of God gives us the sanctity of human life. Mm-hmm. And if if others have that sanctity, then our own life has that same sanctity. Yeah. So so to take the life is a serious sin, but it is but I think it is more a, an inference than it is something explicitly stated. Right. Now the Bible uh, does of course condemn murder and suicide would be self-murder like you just said. Um so therefore, you know, it would be a a, a sin and something that God takes very seriously. Um, God, of course, alone has the right to determine life and death. And so suicide, I don't know how we factor that in. It's a a belief that God is not powerful enough to help you solve your problems, so I'm just going to end my life. Well, um, certainly it is, uh, you know, I guess the the point I really want to make is, um, you know, it's it it is a it is a very challenging issue, and I, by saying that I think God does forgive people who commit suicide, and I'll I'll unpackage that a little bit about how I reason through that, but by saying that I don't want to give the implication that this isn't a very, very serious issue. And I certainly don't want to give anybody any encouragement who is depressed and lonely and struggling in life. Um, But I think that, uh, I think there is a lot of really good literature that indicates that for most people who commit suicide, there is some kind of mental illness that then raises question of uh, one's uh, balance, mental health. And, um, you know, I think God, God clearly forgives sins. 
even sins that we don't confess. And I, I, I would merely state that I think I think most of us have sins in our life that we're not fully cognizant of. Mm-hmm. Sin has a tendency to blind us. You know, my wife will come to me at times and say, did you know you do this or you don't do that? <laughs> yeah. And I'm, you know, I see that in other people, but I don't see it in myself. Um, I, you know, it, in terms of the New Testament in First John, the, the Greek conveys the idea that the blood of Jesus keeps on cleansing us from all sin. So it, it is a complicated issue, and I don't want to, I want to encourage people who are struggling to get the help that they need, but I do believe that God forgives all of our sins, past, present, and future. Uh, amen. So, Ken, maybe you could share a little bit about how this topic has touched your life. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was 19 years old, um, my older brother took his life. His name his name was Frank. Um, Frank, I think, was uh, probably the most gracious, the most kind men- member of my family. He was, again, my older brother. He was 27 and I was 19, so he was a bit older. But throughout his life, he had kind of struggled with mental health challenges. Then in the 1960s, he kind of became a hippie and um, began experimenting with with, uh, very serious narcotics. And um, that really kind of, the wheels kind of came off. And uh, later, uh, he was involved in some criminal activity, partly because of his addiction to uh, drugs, and he was incarcerated. And being in prison is not a nice place. It is uh, can be a very, very damaging place, uh, even if you're incarcerated for the right reasons. And uh, when he came out, he... Uh, struggled very, very deeply. He did go to church. I believe my brother was genuinely a Christian, but he had a deep sense of shame, a sense of despair, of loneliness. And uh, I know that he cried out to God, but he ended up taking his life. And uh, that just uh, turned my world upside down. I had never had anybody close to me die. Um, I struggled to watch my parents uh, seek to cope with this kind of thing. And my wife also had a very close family member take her life. So this has, this has touched uh, me and my family in a, in a very personal way. And I wrote an article about it, Suicide and, and Is It an Unpardonable Sin for Christians? Because I know that a lot of people struggle with, with this issue or, or have family members that have, have, mental health challenges. And so even though it's uh, it's a painful topic to talk about, I think it's one that uh, the Lord wants me to talk about. Oh, indeed. Ken, I'm so sorry about Frank. And I'm so sorry that he had so many struggles and that you lost your older brother. Well, I, I really appreciate you saying that, Bill. And, um, you know, even though it's been a long time ago, uh, I still miss him. And uh, I know there have been a number of, you know, uh, prominent Christian leaders who have had members of their family take their life. And so, uh, again, uh, I appreciate you taking time to talk about this. Yeah, well, let me take a break. When we come back, I do want to talk about some other prominent people in Christian circles. Uh, Pastor Jared Wilson would be one of them. That happened last year. 
And of course, uh, Rick Warren's son, he committed suicide. Um, it seems like this has the ability to kind of blindside us. And when it happens within the Christian community, it's even more disturbing, of course. So Ken Samples is my guest. We'll take a short break and be right back. back with Ken Samples. He's both a philosopher and a theologian. You can go to reasons.org to learn more about Ken. He's written several books, The Classic Christian Thinkers, Seven Truths That Changed the World and God Among Sages. Today we're talking about a very difficult subject, and it's suicide. And it seems that most families have had some connection in some way to some suicide or maybe an attempted suicide. I don't know if we talk about that very much, Ken. But let's go back to some of the prominent Christians like Jared Wilson, who kind of surprised everybody last year. And, of course, Rick Warren's son. That was a big, big change for that family. And I know Rick and Kay have really gone through a lot of struggle with that. But uh, why does it seem to blindside us so much within the Christian community? Uh, Yeah, I think, Bill, part of it is that, uh, you know, I, I think we believe that when we come to know Jesus, uh, and, and certainly there are people who are pastors who have very influential ministries, people who are at work in the ministry, we think that, you know, Jesus is the answer to our problems. And uh, often for those of us, you know, you as a, as, as a, as a talk show host, uh, myself as a theologian, uh, various pastors, people kind of tend to think, well, they they have the answers to to life's difficult questions. But I think what we fail to appreciate is that uh, having mental health challenges and going through very, very difficult times uh, mentally and emotionally, uh, we're not immune to those kinds of things. And, um, you know, it, it it is possible that even for people who have faith in God, uh, to be overwhelmed by these kinds of experiences and to succumb uh, to a sense of despair. And um, so I, I think part of the surprise and, you know, I, I read an article recently, Bill, that said that many pastors uh, are, they struggle with loneliness. Uh, they don't feel like they can talk about their problems with various individuals because everybody comes to them you know, I used to host the show, The Bible Answer Man. Well, he's the he knows all the answers. Well, you know, life can be very difficult and be very challenging. Uh, and even for people who know the Lord, that doesn't mean that they may not face very trying times. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about the attempted suicides, too, because, you know, we certainly, you know, I, I know a lot of people that have attempted and yeah. so you talk about the mental health issue, and I'm wondering if they're finding their healing and if they're uh, getting the help they need, because the failed suicide attempts are are awfully scary as well. They are indeed. And, uh, you know, I, I think one of the points that I want to underscore, of course, I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist. I, I don't work in the mental health field. I'm approaching this more from the theological and maybe even philosophical uh, angle. But, you know, one thing that I would uh, 
want to encourage all people who maybe have family members that are struggling in one way or another to take uh, to take it seriously, uh, to think about uh, availing themselves of the opportunities to to get counseling, uh, to work with people. Uh, you know, don't don't take uh, any of these things uh, lightly. Uh, and, you know, there are people who have uh, attempted suicide and uh, sometimes uh, through counseling, through medication, through spiritual practice, prayer, uh, all of these things can can be very meaningful. Sometimes it is, uh, you know, uh, suicide is uh, really kind of a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And uh, yet when you feel in a sense of despair, when you feel like there are no answers, when you feel even maybe as a pastor, uh, as, as a Christian pastor, that you're kind of, you know, you're, you're locked in a cave and there's no way out, um, Christian people struggle. Mm-hmm. Ken, why is there so much uh, shame? attached to having lost someone to suicide? That's, that's really a, a very good question. I, I, you know, I, I think that there is a, a stigma. Anytime people mention that, you know, they struggle with depression. I mean, but we, we would never feel that way if, you know, somebody had a broken arm. Uh, we would never feel that way if they had pain and struggle in a, in a particular area. But it does seem that people who struggle with mental health and people who have had uh, family members who have committed suicide, it is, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a sense in which uh, it's kind of your private pain and you feel like maybe people won't accept it or they may feel that, hey, what did you do wrong? You know, if you're a parent, I mean... Um, I'm not sure there's a greater pain in life than to be a parent and to have to, uh, you know, bury your your child. Mm-hmm. So I, I think all of those kinds of things kind of factor into it. But, you know, the, the reality is that everybody gets depressed. Everybody has uh, challenges in life. Sometimes, you know, mental illness does run in families. Um, and yet, I, I think uh, Christians offering a sense of uh, compassion, a sense of love. And, you know, one thing that I would, what that I think is really critical, Bill, is the sense of hope. Um, you know, we talk about faith, hope, and love as being the theological virtues of, of the Bible. And I think that sometimes that idea is not conveyed enough. And I'll tell you a quick story. Viktor Frankl, who was this Austrian Jewish psychiatrist who lived through Dachau and Auschwitz, the the concentration and death camps of Nazi Germany, he lived through that and came out and developed a philosophy called logotherapy in which he said what people ultimately need in life to thrive is a sense of hope and purpose And he said in the second half of the 20th century, he said in the Western world, he had never seen people with such abundance, but often no reason to live. And so, you know, another dimension in this is recognizing the worldview implications 
And then maybe for Christians, again, referencing that uh, Jesus struggled. Uh, Jesus not only suffered on the cross, but, you know, he had family disappointments. He had struggles with uh, his disciples letting him down. Jesus knows what it's like to suffer. Um, I think we can encourage people who are Christians who are struggling with depression, and we can talk with other people about the hope that we have in Christ. Mm-hmm. Ken, how broadly do we define mental illness? I mean, you can understand that if someone has got some schizophrenia and has some medication, that's certainly a mental illness. But what about a sinful and depraved mind that's just an unregenerated over years and years and years? I would think that that person could easily have some mental illness. Yeah, I, uh, you know, again, I'm not a, I'm not an expert in the, in the particular field, but uh, I think the point you're making is is a very powerful one. I think that the sinful condition, um, you know, possessing original sin, being alienated from God, inundating your life with a, a sinful behavior, I think it can wear. Uh, I think it can negatively affect uh, a person's mental state. And I don't think we can totally separate mental illnesses like, you know, bipolar, uh, other types of mental illnesses uh, from a person's philosophical worldview and their condition. I mean, a a lot of times people who are very depressed— are susceptible to addictions of, of various things. And so, you know, the human psyche is a very complex thing. Um, and so I don't think it's, I don't think it's merely elements of mental illness. It could be many other things mixed in as well. Mm-hmm. And the hopelessness factor uh, that came out of Frankel's uh, work or needing something to hope for, that's pretty key. I do a lot of work with uh, men in recovery from addiction, and when they lose so much hope and they can't put their life together, um, I probably know 15 or 20 guys that have taken their own life. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an incredibly painful thing to watch people in a situation where they feel shame for their actions. They don't feel that they have dignity and worth and value. And uh, maybe they don't think that they can be accepted by God. And uh, we all know that uh, things like alcohol and drugs, uh, they overpromise and always underproduce. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the worst thing in the world would be to struggle with mental health and then have alcohol or drugs make it even worse. Yeah. Ken, let me take a little break. Ken Samples is my guest. We're talking about uh, suicide, a very difficult subject, but you're doing it with great sensitivity. And if you have a question or a comment, you can send a text to 877-933-2484. Again, 877-93-FAITH. We'd love to hear uh, what you would like to share. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. Ken Samples is my guest. He's a 
philosopher and theologian. Reasons.org is a website to learn more about Ken. Written a number of books, and we're chatting about a very difficult subject today, and that is suicide. And uh, Ken, I'm thinking about the loneliness factor, which is everywhere today, more than ever. And I just had a listener jump in who is just saying, I'm going through some big trouble, um, trying to find a church. I want a smaller church. Uh, mental illness is in my family. I'm struggling with uh, separated from my wife, and I'm not contemplating suicide, but I feel isolated and depressed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, let me say, I, um, you know, this last Christmas time, I was uh, thinking to myself, Bill, how much I look forward to Christmas, how, uh, how wonderful it is to think about the great ideas that God became a man and um, how much hope and meaning and purpose and joy that it brings. But for some reason, I I uh, was aware that for a lot of people, the holidays are very lonely times. They're supposed to be, you know, celebratory. They're supposed to be happy, but they're carrying around the very things that this person has shared that hey, they feel dis- disconnected maybe from a church. They're not part of a, uh, a close church. Uh, you know, there, there is some separation from, from the people that they love in their life. And uh, uh, these, are, these are real things. Um, people have often said that, you know, every, everybody carries around burden in life. Uh, life, life has a, a lot of challenges and difficulties. What I want to do is I want to encourage this person. Um, I think it's great that they have communicated with you. Um, I think maybe talking with a a pastor or a counselor or a close friend, kind of sharing where they're at. And, uh, you know, don't uh, don't isolate yourself. Don't uh, don't walk away from this. Uh, You know, the body of Christ is 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 intended to be a place where we have deep compassion and concern for others, and you know when I meet people I don't know I'm very conscious of the fact, uh, you know I, I I think it was Rousseau the philosopher who said that most men live lives of quiet desperation I I never know what's going on in the in in the secret life of people I never know what's going on in their heart and mind. I try to be gracious. I try to be kind. I, I don't know the sorrow that people have, but I, I want to communicate to this person, and I want to tell them that I'm, I'm going to pray for them, and uh, I want to encourage them to, to reach out again to a pastor, to a counselor, to a friend, um, you know, and, and share what's on, on their heart. I, I really like what you just said, Ken. I'm going to write this down. I don't know the sorrow people have. What a, what a great thing to have in your brain as you're encountering people throughout the day because you really don't well, know, and it's a big deal. That's right. I, you know, I, I, think, that, I think that empathy is a, is a, is a very important uh, component in life. And, and one of the things that really excites me about Jesus is Jesus is not an armchair savior. He not only came into the world and died on the cross— but, you know, Jesus had difficulty with his family, and Jesus had difficulty with the religious leaders of the time. Um, you know, probably he had troubles working as a carpenter. 
so when I talk with Jesus, I'm not talking to somebody who doesn't understand. What's exciting about historic Christianity is we have a Savior who knows what it's like to be a human being, to, to, to face difficulty and struggle. Jesus didn't want to go on the cross. He wanted that cup to pass from him, but not, not my will, thine be done. That's the Lord and Savior that we communicate with. Jesus is both sympathetic and empathetic. I want to. I want to be. I want to carry those qualities out in my life. Uh, to to again, you know. I I think everybody has three lives: your public life, you know, that people know, and then there's the private life you share with maybe your family and friends. But then there's that secret life, the inner life. Sometimes that can reflect sin. Sometimes it can reflect a deep sense of of aloneness. And the loneliness, if I can just get back to that for a minute, it seems like it's a little bit of a cycle because if you feel lonely, you don't want to reach out because you start to kind of isolate and you stay home and you, and if things aren't going well in your life, it's hard to go meet somebody and be part of a group. You know, how are things going? Well, you hate to admit that you're just in the tank. That's, you've, you've said it, you've said it very well. I mean, sometimes the last thing you want to do when you're lonely is to, you know, open up your heart and tell people, hey, I'm, I'm really struggling. You feel kind of, you know, locked away or you feel like you don't fit in. Uh, these are, these are things I think as Christians, we, we need to keep in mind that, you know, people are fallen people. They're broken. Uh, people struggle not only with doing things that are wrong, but people feel alienation in life. And, uh, you know, that's where reaching out to people. And again, I bump into people I, I don't know at all. And I, I try to keep in the back of my mind what, what, what is their, what's going on in their heart and mind. And, uh, you know, I may never see them again, but I can, I can have a word of kindness I can be gracious, and uh, you know that's that's part of loving my neighbor. Mm-hmm. And just that line you had a couple minutes ago. I don't know the sorrow people have. A listener just sent me a text saying, "Try living a life with a chronic illness." And now my ex-wife, twenty-four years, and her boyfriend both want me dead. So yes, I do think of suicide on a daily basis. Well. It, you know, again, I think that uh, I think what we discover in 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 people people like that saying those kinds of things that you know people experience physical pain. I mean, I I had a very serious illness. Uh, oh boy, seventeen years ago, I was hospitalized for a month. Bill, I I didn't know really how much difficulty some people had in their life. Where you know I. Every day of my life, I woke up and jumped out of bed and took my health for granted. I began to see that there are many people. You know, I thought I thought soldiers and policemen were the person, people who exhibited courage. But being hospitalized, I realized there are people who have chronic illnesses. They they have to have a lot of courage just to get through their day. And um, you know, again, I think I, I think a lot of this can can help us recognize that, you know, I'm a philosopher, I care about, well, how do, what is the answer to the problem of pain, suffering, and evil? Uh, 
you know, and I look at all of these philosophical issues and, and, uh, but in a, in a practical sense, you know, maybe helping people, reaching out to people, encouraging individuals, um, trying to be there for people who, who, who really struggle. And again, you know, this person who communicated that they feel they're in a lot of pain, they feel desperation, uh, they don't feel loved by other people. I want to encourage this person uh, to reach out. Uh, there, there are places you can call. There are places where you, you can you can find help in these kinds of situations. And uh, you know, again, uh, I, you know, after my brother took his life, we went through a long period of you know, woulda, shoulda, coulda. Um, you know, when people feel depressed and lonely and are going through tough times and they convey that, um, you want to take those kinds of things quite seriously. Mm -hmm. Ken, when you talk about a person who has succumbed to the thoughts of suicide and they're now unable to repent, I know we've chatted about this a little bit already, but I, I think people just jumping in their car and I think this is a very important point. Um, and that is they are unable to repent, but can God forgive them? And God, does God forgive them? Yeah, this is a very meaningful theological and doctrinal discussion. And, and, and again, when I say that I think I can infer from Scripture that God forgives his children who commit the terrible sin of suicide— I'm not condoning this, and I'm not encouraging people to say, "Well, I've got a, I got a free card, so it's it, there's not a problem." I, I can tell you, Bill, that being a family member who had to pick up the pieces after my brother took his life, boy, it was uh, it was a very difficult thing. And so the people that are have to remain after somebody commits suicide, they go through a, a very difficult time. But let's, you know, let's reason through these things theologically. Uh, yes, confession and repentance are critical parts of the Christian life. I, I try to make my morning confession and repentance, I try to keep a short list with the Lord. And uh, it, it is, Scripture tells us to confess our sins, uh, to repent of them. But I would also imply that I think biblically, um, part of being a sinner is that we don't always know how sinful we are. And there may be sins in our life that we're not fully cognizant of. First uh, John says that the blood of Jesus keeps on cleansing us from all sin. Uh, I think a wonderful passage is Romans 8, 30, 8 38 and 39. You know, Paul says, what can separate us from the love of God? Uh, can, can death do it? Can the past, the future... What can do it? And Paul's conclusion is nothing can separate us from the love of God. Sh sure, I wish that Christians would recognize that this self-destructive act is a, is, is a terrible thing and would hang on and, and would seek the Lord and would continue and, and not let go. But I, I can tell you that um, there are people who experience despair and and I don't think they need our criticism or accusation. I think they need our sense of compassion, our sense of empathy. When you are really, really struggling, 
you may know that God loves you, but you may not feel that God loves you, and you may feel a lot of things, and of course, feelings are fickle. But when you're in a sense of despair, uh, you may feel that all the doors are shut and not even God can love you. Uh, but I think biblically and theology, theologically, there's nowhere in Scripture does it state or imply that suicide is the unpardonable sin. Mm-hmm. Ken, maybe you would have some thoughts for people listening who struggle with the thought of hurting themselves. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, that's very that's very concerning to me. And uh, uh, again, there are a lot of people. Uh, we have a, a lot of young people. Um, you know, I have a real heart for soldiers. My dad was a World War II soldier. I've had a number of family and friends who have served in the military. Uh, they go through sometimes a lot of trauma, um, which does very damaging things to their heart, their mind, and their soul. Uh, I'm concerned when when people express these things, but what I want to say to you is that that God loves you, that God cares for you, that that God is love, and God sent His Son into the world to save you. Uh, I also want to communicate to them, Bill, that uh, things can get better. Um, counseling, medication, love, encouragement, acceptance. A lot of the things we struggle with are, are temporal things. And uh, there are people out there who've dedicated their professional lives to try to help people who are hurting. Give that a chance. Give that a chance before you before you ever consider harming yourself. Mm-hmm. Ken Samples is my guest. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back uh, with more with Ken. If you have a question or a comment, let me know what it is. You can send a text to 877 877- Nine three three two four eight four. Be right back. Welcome back to the show. Ken Samples is my guest. Reasons.org is where you can go learn more about Ken. We're talking about a very difficult, challenging subject today, which is suicide. And if you are just tuning in, I would really recommend going back and starting from the beginning because Ken has said a lot of encouraging, hopeful things. We are getting some more uh, messages that are coming in that I think other people feel differently, Ken. A listener just said, I think if a person kills themselves, they're lost forever. Um, And getting a number of other comments uh, like that. So it's not, uh, everyone's not on the same page with this one. Well, that's right. Uh, you know, there there are people who, who disagree, who think that, uh, you know, suicide is, uh, is turning your back on God and there is no hope. Um, I would, I would respectfully uh, and doctrinally and theologically differ with that point of view. And what I mean by that is that um, I uh, I think Christ died for all of our sins. I don't think that uh, a destructive act that we commit when we are not psychologically sound uh, endangers our eternal life with God. And uh, I, I think what we need is uh, uh, 
a greater sense of the difficulty that people in that experience have. And so, um, again, I, I would simply respectfully differ doctrinally and theologically. And I, I would also encourage people to have a, a sense of empathy for people who struggle. If you've never struggled with depression, if you've never struggled with real mental health challenges, you might be shocked how how much of a difficulty is. And I don't think we should think that Christians are somehow immune to these kinds of things. So, yeah, not everybody uh, does agree with me. And, and again, I, I want to say a couple things. I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Um, there are some good books out there. One book that I recommend, Christianity and Mental Health by Mark Cosgrove and James Mallory. Um, there, there are some people who have dedicated themselves to, to these particular fields, but um, I, I don't see any biblical reason to think that suicide is the sin that God can't forgive. I would agree with you, Ken. Let's talk a little bit about the impact on those who are left behind. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I can tell you in my circumstance, uh, I was uh, 19 years old, and, uh, um, you know, it was a very difficult time. Uh, some of the things that made it difficult was uh, my parents. Uh, I know I was, uh, I was struggling. I felt a real sense of loneliness. I missed my brother, but watching my parents uh, was, a, was a deep struggle. Um, there were also people uh, around who had known that my brother had taken his life, and I, I felt a sense of embarrassment. You know, I I felt like, wow, uh, it's kind of a kind of a stigma, um, and so it is very difficult. But I can also tell you that out of that very difficult period for me, I started asking deep questions. At the time, I. I was not a committed Christian. I had kind of grown up Roman Catholic. I was kind of nominal in my Catholicism. But it was, that event played a very significant role in me asking deeper questions. My sister gave me a copy of C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity, and there were a number of things that began to change in my life. And uh, Bill, I'll also tell you this, it, it also gave me a deep sense of empathy. I, 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 I think sometimes, I, th I think sometimes you you have to connect with people's pain to have an awareness. I I had a brain illness, and now anytime I hear anybody has a brain illness, you know, I'm just drawn to it. I want to know what what's the problem they're having, what what's going on. I think when you have uh, had somebody in your life who's taken their life, you you recognize the the emptiness, the loneliness that is connected with that. And uh, I want to help people. I want to encourage people. And yet I also want to encourage people to realize that Christians are not immune to mental health challenges. And I also want to tell them that uh, God's love remains uh, even in these very extremely difficult situations. Ken, there was a time when mental health issues were something that Christians were a little embarrassed of and, a, and afraid to admit. That's exactly right. Um, 
that that that's right. Um, you know, again, I I think there are times where the impression is given that if you know the Lord, uh, you know you the, you have the victorious Christian life, and uh, you don't let problems get you down, and uh, you know the you know the Lord, and so everything ought to be all right. Um, when in reality, we, we live in a cursed world, we live in a fallen world. Uh, you know, the, the brain uh, is a marvelous mechanism, but it is also susceptible to chemical reactions, and it's also susceptible to disease. Um, I think what we have come to understand, however, is that psychology is a very important field. In fact, you could argue that in many ways Christianity is kind of the faith that that shows the importance of psychology because we realize we have a soul, we have an inner life, we're not just our body. And in many ways, that idea of, of suke in Greek, the, the soul, um, helping to treat people who have inner pain, I think is... Uh, you know, that should be, I think, something that Christians should care very deeply about. But again, I want to underscore, just because you're a believer in Jesus Christ doesn't mean that you won't face some very real difficulties. The good news is that the Lord is always there. His love never changes for us. And uh, I don't think suicide is the unpardonable sin. Mm-hmm. Ken, I so appreciate you sharing the story of your brother, Frank, your older brother, who took his own life. So you've walked this road uh, for your, since you've been 19. I bet you could have some personal advice to, for others who are trying to cope with this kind of loss. Yeah, I, I guess the first thing I want to say is, uh, I know how you feel. I know how you feel. Um, and sometimes when you're going through a real tough time, it's it's really nice to be able to talk to somebody who can empathize with you and, and knows what it's like. Uh, but I also want to say that uh, it doesn't last forever. Um, grief is a, is a difficult thing, but we do recover. We do uh, grow on. It's not like we get over it, but we do get through it. I also can say that uh, we live in a world with a lot of pain, but we have a Savior who knows pain. We have a Savior who knows what it's like. And so just like you can talk with me about maybe the loss of somebody to suicide, you can talk with the Lord because He knows what it's like to, to suffer. Um, and I want to I want to encourage them not to give up. I want to encourage them to talk with people, professional people, talk with their friends, uh, don't isolate themselves. I think all of these things, Bill, are are very important. And I can say that even though I would not want to go through that circumstance again, and I certainly wouldn't want to revisit it with any of my friends or family members, I can tell you that uh, it was an extraordinary thing in terms of the growth of my character. And, uh, you know, sometimes God grows us by allowing things to take place in our life that are that are painful and difficult, but He's sovereign. He is He is the sovereign Lord, 
And I, I, I love Romans 8, 28, for it is God who works all things together for good for those who love him, those who are called according to his purpose. That is a promise that we want to keep very close to us. Yeah. Can we just have 90 seconds left? But you were 19 when Frank died. Frank was 27. And, you know, you hear that expression, time heals wounds, but sometimes time can make things more difficult because I'm sure there's times in your life where you you thought, oh, I wish Frank could have met my kids. And I can picture my kids calling Uncle Frank and jumping in his lap and how much you've missed that opportunity. And sometimes time makes things harder. This is true. I mean, um, I mean, after I became a Christian, I felt so guilty that I couldn't have reached out to him, couldn't have comforted him more, couldn't have, couldn't have uh, reached into that that hole that he was in and pull him out. So yeah, uh, these are these are difficult things, but uh, but I know that uh, I know God's love is greater than all of the problems that I have and all of the problems that other people have. Yeah. Ken, thank you so much for doing the show. It's early March. You can check March off your list and we'll see you in April. Well, I look forward to it. Thanks, Bill. As do I and my listeners. Thank you so much. Ken Samples has been my guest. You can go learn about him at Reasons.org and pick up one of his books. You will not be disappointed. Thanks for listening today. Thanks for uh, being part of, uh, letting me be part of your afternoon. It's awesome. And have a great night tonight, and I'll see you tomorrow. God bless. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.